praise King Jesus. It is an exciting day. I don't know about you. It is an exciting day for me. Why? Because of Jesus and by Jesus, I have been given a right standing with God. That alone is enough for me to be excited for the rest of the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So wherever you are, it is time for the world. Tell your neighbor, it is time for the world. We are still going through a sermon series, Foundations. Our pastor, Pastor Alex, two weeks ago introduced this sermon series entitled Foundations. Praise the Lord. And he explained to us well what foundations are something that I would not wish to repeat, but foundations are underlying basis or principle, the things that you base on to do a thing. Praise the Lord. And Pastor Alex, as a skilled master builder, as he is always, he laid the foundation for us and he mentioned to us that the strength of anything is its foundation. The strength of anything is its foundation. We liken it to a building. There is no building that is built without a foundation. Every building must have a foundation if it will survive the test of time. All our buildings have a foundation. So the strength of any building will base on the strength of its foundation. For those that have weak foundations, when the storms come, they cannot stand the test of times. But the buildings that are built on strong foundation, good concrete, enough cement, they stand the test of time, even in the midst of a storm. The same applies to our salvation. That our salvation has a foundation. Praise the Lord. Our faith is based on the foundation. That unless you have a foundation for your faith, then everything as glamorous as it may seem, as glamorous as it may seem, as good as it may look to the people that are on the outside. If the foundation is not firm, it is not a question of if, but it is a question of when that whole thing will come crumbling down. And two weeks ago, Pastor Alex explained to us very clearly ah, from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 11, where he said that there is only one foundation for our Christian faith. There's only one foundation for our Christian faith. And that foundation is that one which has been laid for that, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he is our foundation in the Christian walk. Without Jesus, we are only taking a walk by ourselves. And very soon, we will be shocked to realize that we do not have what it takes to be what we want to be. And it is not, he did not say just Jesus, but he says Jesus Christ. Because Jesus as a person is also very amazing. 
But Jesus Christ, the Christ that came in even after his death is very important. So it is not just Jesus the person, but it is Jesus Christ, the sent one of God, the one who died and set us free. Praise the Lord. So Jesus did not just, uh, he did not die for us in heaven. Praise the Lord. He did not decide, let me save these men by dying for them in heaven. Because in heaven there is no death. How could he even die? So in order for Jesus to save mankind, he had to come on the earth, be like man, live like we live, be tempted as we are tempted, live suffer hunger. When you read through the life of Jesus, you realize that Jesus was, yes, God, but still very man. Why? Because he got hungry. He got angry. Jesus got mad. Praise the Lord. He went through the life that we went through. He experienced storms of life. He was beaten. He knew what it means to fight sin. He knew what it means to fight temptation. That even while he was in the garden, in the wilderness, he was tempted to eat. Praise the Lord. But he did all that because there is no way he could save us unless he could come and test the life that we are going through and then he's able to save us. There's a story of a man, there's a story, I think it is a formed up story, of a guy that was drowning in, in the pool. So imagine someone is drowning in the pool and all you do as the life saver, you give them a script to read so that they can get themselves out of the pool. Because you do not want to get wet. So, because you do not want to get wet, so you're like, can you read this? Uh-huh. So do this. But the person you're telling to read is actually drowning. Have you ever drowned? I have drowned in water before. Yes. Uh, I have drowned in water. I know what it means to drown. I fell in water. I did not know. I drank a couple of yeah, liters of water. And if you give me a script to read to get myself of what out of that water, I don't know if I'll even see the script. Praise the Lord. I was drowning and fighting for my life. So that's how we are as men. That we have drowned, we drowned in sin that we were helpless. We could not save ourselves. We tried many times. You and I have tried many times to stop certain habits. You and I have tried many times to give up certain things. But despite our efforts, we have always failed. So we are drowning in our sin and we were in need of a savior. God came up with a plan of the blood of lambs and bulls. But that blood could not help because every single year there was a reminder that men... We are sinful men and we need a savior. Now, Jesus, he, he has become our savior. He did not die for us in heaven, but he came down to the earth. He came down and drowned in our own sin. The Bible says that our sin was imputed on him to a point that his father could not even look at him because he carried all the filth of the earth. Why? Because he needed 
to save you and I. When it came to the salvation of man, God did not send angels to save man. When the book of Hebrews is starting, he says that in the times past, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. God kept on sending angels to help men. But when it came to the salvation of man, God sent his only son to come and die for us. So as we talk about foundations, we are seeing that unless we understand how important and how, I don't know how to even stress this, how very, very needed Jesus is, then our salvation is not grounded. Anytime any storm will come can easily wash us away. So Jesus did not just live on the earth. His life on the earth helped us to see how we can live as gods on this earth. Because the Bible says that he lived like a man in the flesh, but he was without sin. So that means he came to show us that it is possible to still be in the flesh and still live a life of righteousness. His death, his resurrection, and his ascension and his glorification played a lot in our salvation. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, it showed us one thing, that you know what? Our salvation has been sealed. That the sacrifice has been accepted. That the blood of Jesus has been accepted for the remission of your sins. That you and I have been saved. Now Jesus is no longer Jesus, the Son of God, but is Jesus the Christ because he is the Savior of the entire world. You must know Jesus as Savior. You must understand Jesus as your Savior because without him, we cannot do a thing. Without him, we cannot beat sin. Without him, we cannot overcome the world. Without him, we cannot beat the devil. Without him, we are helpless with no one to help. So Jesus has become our savior. Praise the Lord. And that's why Paul said that there is no any other foundation but the one that has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. And today, we are going to look at the other dimension. It could not even be a dimension. Why? Is Jesus the foundation of our salvation? He did not just become our savior, but because of him, we became many things in the kingdom of God that can help us live a life of liberty. Praise the living God. So the sermon title for today is called The Skill of Righteousness. The Skill of Righteousness. I want you to open with me in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But the but 
solid food belongs to those who are all full edge. That is, those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Praise the Lord. They have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, Paul is talking about, he wrote many things before this text. He was telling them about the priesthood of Jesus because he has become a high priest. He has, he is the mediator between us and God. But then he told them, I cannot tell you anymore because you are dull of hearing. Why are they dull of hearing? Because for though by this time you ought to be teachers, instead you need someone to come and teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles of the oracles of God is the word of God and is Jesus Christ our Savior. Praise the Lord. That despite how many times you have heard about him, you still need someone to come and teach you. How many of us have been in church for quite some time? That by this time you should be a teacher of the word and helping other men that do not know Jesus. But because you are dull of hearing, because the Bible says that they, they are in need of milk and not solid food, and therefore they are unskilled in the word of righteousness. Why? Because they are babes. Praise the Lord. They are babes in the kingdom of God. They are not babes because they are young. So maturity in the kingdom is not based on how long you have stayed. Maturity in the kingdom of God is not based on your age currently. But maturity in the kingdom of God is based on how skilled you are in the word of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Now righteousness is who God is. The Bible says in him there is no sin. He is a perfect God. Everything about God is right. That we do not know right yet until God does it. And the Bible says that now we have received the very righteousness of God has been imputed on us because of what Christ Jesus has seen. Known that we have worked for that righteousness, but that righteousness has been imputed on us so that now we are also as good as God is. So that now we are also right and in a right standing with God as God is. So when you are unskilled in the word of righteousness, you have no idea that because of what Jesus did, you have a right standing with God. So you begin to behave in the house of God like a slave. You begin to behave in the house of God like one who has to work for what they need. And yet whatever was meant for you has already been worked out. God does not answer our prayers because we have prayed. He has already answered our prayers. The Bible says that all things are ours. 
We do not beg for them. But because now we have become sons in the kingdom of God, then we are not just sons. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Not just heirs. We have the same access that Jesus has. So, a man that is killed in the word of righteousness is a man that has exercised their senses to know that I am a child of God. So I deserve to live a good life. And they do not just desire to live a good life, but they go ahead and live a good life because they know who they are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 5, 17, For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. That yes, death reigned in, in our lives because of one man's sin, one man's offense. He says that the same will happen for the second Adam. That yes, we will reign, we will receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So it is only the men and women that receive the gift of righteousness that can reign in life, not in death, in life with the one Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So righteousness is a gift from God. Righteousness is the nature of God. I do not have to pray for righteousness. I do not work for righteousness. I receive righteousness as a gift from God to me. I receive righteousness and because of that righteousness, I am able to correct the world around me. I am able to correct my family. I am able to correct my finances. I am able to correct everything around me because of the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. So we have become that same righteousness as a gift, but not as something to work for. So that's why when situations befell a man that knows their position, that they have a right standing with God, and because they have a right standing with God, they have access, they have authority. When situations come their way, it is their time to exercise their word of righteousness. Praise the Lord. But the babes are the ones that when circumstances fall, when everything is good, they are excited about life. When everything is bad, then God ceases to be a good God. And he is a bad God. Why? Because they are babes. They are not skilled in the word of righteousness. They are not aware of who they are in the kingdom of God. They are confusing their identity with what their eyes can see. Paul describes babes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 as being carnal. Men that are so focused into the things of this world that they are unaware of what is available for them in Christ Jesus. The story of a prodigal son is told by Jesus Christ. There is this elder son that yes, he was a son in the house. He had the same rights in that house 
his younger brother. Praise the Lord. He was a son. And when his younger brother came back, he was jealous because they threw a party for his young brother and they did not throw for him. Why? Because for the many years he had been in that house, he had never identified himself as a son. When you read that text, you realize that he was always with the servants, serving with the servants, eating with the servants. Because he thought when he worked so hard, his father will see his great works and reward him. And yet his father is like, you are a son in this house. All things that I own are yours. You can throw a party any time, any day. You could slaughter any cow that you want to. You can do whatever you want to do in this house because all things are yours. But he had not realized that he had that same access. He had the righteousness. He had the access. But he was not skilled in the word of righteousness. He did not know how to use his position to get what he needs. There are many Christians in our generation. Many, many Christians amongst us that have given their lives to Christ. And they have received the same righteousness that everyone else has received. But they still live like slaves in the house of the Lord. They still live like children without help. They still live a beggary life. That when circumstances come, they do not have the stamina to speak to those storms to stop because they have the authority. They have the sword in their hand, but they do not know how to use it. They have the word of God on their side, but they do not know how to use it. The king of kings lives inside of them, but they do not know. They are not even aware that they carry him inside of them. They have the Lord of lords in their lives, but they do not know that they are overcomers. And because of that, the enemy tosses them left, right, and center. They are, they judge their joy and their peace and their gratitude on what they can see with their eyes. But they have failed to realize that Jesus has done more than what you can see. He did not just give us a right standing with his father, but he also gave us the righteousness of God, the ability to live the God kind of life even here on earth. And the man that is killed in the word of righteousness is a man that reigns with Christ in this world. The Bible says that the just, the righteous, shall live by faith and not by sight. Babes live by sight. It is what they see, not what the word of the Lord says. And we must snap out of our carnality and be grounded in who God has made us in order to live a joyful, peaceful, and great, grateful life. Praise the Lord. Because the normal life of a Christian, as Pastor Alex was saying, is a life of joy, is a life of peace is a life of gratitude. That is the normal life of a Christian. But unless you know that you have a right standing with God, unless you are grounded in the righteousness of God, that you are what you are, not 
because you have done so much to deserve it, but because he has done so much for you, that you can do all things, not in your own power, but in Christ Jesus who gives you strength. That you are more than a conqueror, not in your own power, but in Christ Jesus who gives you strength. Until you are grounded in that, you will always, always beg for help. You will always, always seek peace in things that do not give peace. You will always seek joy in things that do not give joy. Houses do not give joy. Cars do not give joy. Men do not satisfy. Money does not satisfy. Our satisfaction is in Christ alone. Our gratitude is in him alone. He is the one we are grateful to and nobody else. Praise the Lord of Lords. He is the one that we owe our very own lives. And because of him, we are redeemed. Because of him, we are grounded. That's why he has become our foundation. He has become our anchor. He is the basis of our joy. We are not joyous because I got a car last week. I am not joyous because I built a house. I am not joyous because my bank account is full. My joy comes from the Lord. There is more joy in him than anything in the world. The things of the world will never satisfy. If money was enough to satisfy you, many of us would stop working by now. But man is not satisfying. We keep going back for more and more and more. And funny enough, the ones who have more are the ones who even need it more. Praise the Lord. The ones who have houses are the ones who are even stealing to build more houses. Because the things of the world cannot satisfy you. They cannot make you happy. Our joy, our satisfaction is in Christ Jesus. Our joy and our satisfaction is in the idea or the knowledge of knowing that I am forgiven. All my sins, my past sins, my present sins, and the sins that I will commit, that all my sins have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. That while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Not because I was right, but while I was still languishing in my sin. He died for me, that at whichever point I may find myself fall short, the blood would cover me. That is the basis of my joy. He has become my salvation. I do not have to work hard to stop sinning. I do not have to work hard to reign in life. All I have to do is look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. He who despised the shame. He who ignored the pain but gave his life for me, that now I may become the righteousness of God. We sing about these things. We dance about these things. We scream about these things. But still, when the storms come, we are so quick to forget what the Lord says about us. My role today is to encourage you that you must be skilled in the word of righteousness. You must be skilled in who God is. You must be skilled in the word of righteousness. He has become the bedrock of our salvation. 
that when storms come your way, you're able to stand like Jesus did and command the storms to stand still. This is the righteousness that Peter and John were aware of. That when they met the man at the gate of beautiful, they told the man, silver and gold we do not have. But what we have, they knew they had something. They had the righteousness of God in them. The ability to correct what went wrong in our world. And they told the man that in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I want to tell you this morning that what Peter and John had, you too have. What, what Paul had and Cyrus, that despite the way they were beaten, despite the fact that they were bleeding and they were tied with chains and their wounds were fresh, they were able to dance. Their joy was not based on the circumstance that they were going through. Their joy was based on something bigger, something greater than even what life can ever imagine. They knew that I am the righteousness of God. They knew that their sins were forgiven. They knew that they were a liberty, that the Lord Most High was on their side, that whether you beat me, whether you crush me, you cannot crush what is inside of me and because of that they are able to reign in this life with Christ Jesus praise the Lord we have been on this mountain so long you have been a babe so long you have based your joy on the wrong thing so long that's why you live a very miserable life I am calling you now to embrace that which Christ has given you. He says that those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in this life with Christ Jesus. You too have the ability to reign in this life and command situations by the one Jesus Christ. Praise the living God. Our time is fast spent and I want to end here today. But I want to encourage you that you cannot be a babe anymore. You must decide this day to get out of taking and feeding on milk and embrace that which Christ has done for you. You're bigger than what you see. You're greater than what you can do. He has made you a God in this world and is waiting. The Bible says that creation awaits on the revealing of the true sons of God. And we can only be revealed as true sons of God when we step into receive the righteousness that he has given us. Then we are able to reign in this life. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the foundation of our faith and nothing else. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. I want to give you all the praise and I want to give you all the honor. For because of you, we have been given a right standing with God. That our joy is not based on what we have. Our joy is not based on our achievements in this world. But our joy is based on what Jesus did for us. The Lord, we are joyous every day. We are grateful every day. We live a life, my master, that has no limit. A life without limitations. Because of Jesus and by Jesus, O oh God. 
And Lord, I pray for all the men and women that are listening in today. That Father, King of glory, they will receive you. And they will receive your righteousness, O God. And I pray that King of glory, many shall reign in this world as Jesus did. And as the apostles, Lord, did. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. For in the mighty and glorious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.